Welcome to Salute Era. I'm Katie Salute Owen. Era. Oh. <laughs> We're recording um, online this time, so you might hear a few adjustments. <laughs> yeah, it might sound slightly different. Hello, and welcome to Salute, Salute Era. Era. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You say it, and then I'll say it. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Salute Era. Salute Era, yay! I'm Katie Owen and I'm Megan Hines or Meg never call me Megan yeah I was gonna say who's Megan (laughs) (laughs) so this episode is all about coming out um how are you feeling about this episode Meg I know a bit weird a little different to normal because I feel like normally I'm quite experienced in what we're talking about but I feel like I'm more on the back foot this time in comparison to you how about you I'm feeling good I think I think I've got lots of various stories and tales have you read a book on it though I was very interested in kind of queer theory and stuff at uni surprise surprise so sure I'll whip out some quotes at some point if I can remember who wrote them (laughs) (laughs) I suppose also actually one of the reasons I've got lots of stories is because I did a theatre piece classic um, about (laughs) (laughs) who knew I think I am running out of plays that I've written. Like, we yeah, are getting to the end. We're going to get there at some point. <laughs> um, but it was all about the queer history of Oxford. So obviously a lot of coming out stories and discussions happened there. But anyway, shall we start off with a little tarot pull about how the last yeah. month has been? Death. Death. Ooh. Death is often seen as a bad card but actually it's usually about a necessary ending and new beginnings so it's actually quite positive it makes me think automatically of we both went to get matching tattoos you just had your hair cut you just had your undercut done people might actually see because we're recording this like exactly what it looks like death is a very new year card yeah it's very much like you know, the year has to end to bring in the new year. Um, And yeah, with the tattoos that we got, I know you were talking about how you never would have gotten that sort of style before because of things with an Mm. X and like views that they had on tattoos and so on. And yeah, I feel like it's kind of getting in touch with those bits of things that you're letting go to make way for new things. You know, I messaged you yesterday that I'd left the group chat from my previous employer, but I just found that it was doing me more harm than good. Just every time I saw a certain person who'd caused me a lot of trauma posting it, it just made me angry. Now I'm in a new work group chat that where we share pictures of puppies and that's just far better for my mental health. And I just thought, actually, I really need to start letting some of this go now and just moving forward. Got this whole new life, new hair, new man, new everything. But I think I'm coming to terms a lot recently with The fact that I've got to leave some things behind. Justice. Isn't she a bad bitch as well? She looks hot. (laughs) Yeah. Damn. (laughs) So justice. The justice card often appears when you need to make an important choice with potential for long-term repercussions. Be aware of the impact your decisions will have on your well-being and the well-being of others. 
I suppose you have been thinking about like what you want now and what your life is going to look like. So in contrast to what you were saying, I've been doing more of the new year goal setting stuff. I don't tend to do it for new year. I don't like to put that much pressure on it, but it kind of coincided with me thinking about stuff anyway. Mm. So yeah, I've been thinking about like where I want to be and what my priorities are. And I suppose the other thing that's coming up for me is I'm about to start running some workshops and classes and things for playwriting and this year I want to try and get back into writing in a more like more of a routine I suppose more an intentional way yeah I keep I think the word I keep trying to avoid is disciplined because it sounds really horrid (laughs) yeah intentional is a good substitute for it yes yeah I want to be more intentional with it so like I'm leading these like like co-working sessions where we like set intentions then write for 50 minutes then Mm. have a little break when I was thinking about where I want to be and whether I want to move or whether I want to stay here and all of this stuff I think one of the conclusions I came to was regardless I don't lose anything by just bedding in a little bit here and like getting to know people and that sort Mm. of thing when did you first come out to someone I was hammered (laughs) surprise (laughs) surprise and I don't even think I really knew I was coming out like I didn't really know what it meant but I was at a house party at my friend's house and she she had like the party house it was very cool and I was dressed as a slutty sailor I do believe I drunkenly said to her I can only masturbate to the image of girls (laughs) who says that why can't you just say only wank to lesbian porn but no I can only (laughs) masturbate to the image of girls um Like that would have that was written in the stars before you were born. Like your mother yeah. went to a soothsayer who was like, "You will bear a girl, <laughs> a youngest girl, <laughs> and she will only be able to masturbate to the image of women." <laughs> Especially at that point, what was that like? Twelve years ago, so I think porn was just all like gagging girls with dicks. So it doesn't surprise me now. But the time I was like, must be gay. So when when you told her, what was the impulse behind telling her? Was it a kind of like I've never told anyone and I need to get this out, or was it like you were sharing stories? Or I think we were like dancing. It was quite cool. She had like a living room and then like a dining room, but we'd always turn the dining room into like dance floor. And we were dancing and I think low-key I had a bit of a crush on her and I didn't really know how to say it. I was dating a guy at the time who was hella gay. I think he came out like a few weeks later and everyone was like, we're not shocked. Like he was so, <laughs> like he was so obviously gay. So we were just being each other's beards. I wanted to hit on her, but I didn't really know why or how to do it. So I was like, I'm just going to tell you that I went to women and see what happened. Test the waters. And I think her reaction was pretty positive mm. because I think she was also queer. Oh, amazing. But of course then it like got out and everyone was talking about it to me it did feel like a drunken mistake Mm. for a while so did you kind of regret it afterwards yeah at the time that was like my biggest secret so at first I really regretted it but then it actually opened opened a lot of doors to me actually talking about it and then ending up in my first relationship with a woman so not with her but with somebody else so it did work out in the end and it was a relatively positive experience did you kind of always have it in your mind as like a, at some point I am going to have to come out? No, not at all, because I knew that I liked men. So to me, this was just like some 
weird thing. So it wasn't kind of like a, oh, I know I'm bisexual. It was a, I know that I have this what you thought of as then as like this weird kink or whatever yeah i was only just figuring out what bisexual even meant but i knew i'd always been attracted to women but it was just something i didn't talk about because i was attracted to men and i had boyfriends so i never really thought i would have to come out and at the time to me that wasn't coming out that was just me being drunk and spilling my secrets like any other house party that i went to that's so So interesting though that through the process of coming out, even before you knew that was something that you wanted to do, that actually was a very like integral step of you then discovering what your queer identity is. Yeah, because it led to um, basically the only other, the only out openly queer person in our circle, us kind of chatting a bit more. And then one thing led to another. But yeah, I don't think, unless I'd given that signal, that anything would have happened. It actually caused, ended up causing a rift between me and that friend because I found out at a later date she was like, I always thought it was going to be me. She thought I was going to go for her. And well, I then she should have said... Said something, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, when you said you could only wank to the image of women, she should have said, and I too can only masturbate we to the yeah. image of women. <laughs> when I was younger... I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, I didn't feel particularly attracted to people, I didn't feel particularly sexual. Labels that I was thinking about was more like asexuality, but even that I didn't feel very strongly about, it's just I was kind of like, oh I don't really know what I am. I personally didn't feel like I needed to know or needed to decide. It's really odd because I remember, you know, you know, primary school and things, like people were definitely homophobic and whatever else, but I've always had quite a defined sense of like, homophobia is wrong. If you're homophobic, you're bad. I don't know. There were just certain things which when I was younger, I just had a really defined sense of like, it sounds a bit wanky to say right and wrong, comes back to the justice card. Yeah. (laughs) But I think a lot of it was grounded in like books I was reading. Like if ever someone tried to like bully me or something, I'd automatically be like well they're just being a real Draco Malfoy like (laughs) not out loud (laughs) but just I hope not they would have bullied me more (laughs) yeah in my mind it was very much like it's not cool to be homophobic as a result of that I never felt like I don't know I felt a certain openness to the possibility of being queer in some way but also I didn't feel super like drawn to it yeah that was good because I didn't feel a lot of pressure or a lot of like shame but essentially I think I started making out with friends in clubs who were yeah who were not men I also started making out with men I think the first person I made out with was a man but again it never felt I don't know it never felt like there was a moment where I went from being unsure to being like and now I'm queer or it was just very much like a oh just see what happens but I do remember the first time I I came out to someone in a defined way because I think this was the thing was because of those previous experiences I never felt like I had to come out it, it just never felt like necessary or I never guess... felt like it was presumed that you were straight yeah exactly so the first time I came out was to my mum but the thing was I never really thought that I had to come out to her partly because of everything I've mentioned but also me and my mum are quite close and we're quite close like growing up and you know we'd have like deep chats about things and among those things was like I don't know if there was something about gay rights in the news or something then we'd 
end up chatting about it. And I distinctly remember like several times in those chats, it would get to some sort of point where I would say something like, well, for me with attraction, it doesn't make a difference whether you're a man or a woman or whatever. At that point, I wasn't really aware of like genderqueer identities at all. You know, it's it's not really about that. And my mum would say, which I always thought was very a cool thing for a mum to say, where she'd be like, I don't know that I have that, but each relationship is different and I don't think it's defined by gender. So I think it makes complete sense for somebody to feel that way. Wow, that's so forward of your mum. Yeah, very forward thinking. And also in my mind, it meant she kind of knew what my deal was because I literally just said it explicitly. Yeah. Anyway, so it's my first year at my first uni, which I ended up dropping out of because I wasn't happy there. And I was quite unhappy and like she was aware of that and I think was worried about me. I'd come home to visit for the weekend and I had some friends who were doing like gap years and working. So the plan was that I was going to go to my friend's house and we were going to go clubbing at the local gay club, which was where we always went. And (laughs) the friend that I was going to see, at that point she was dating another friend of mine. They were both women. So my mum's going to give me a lift to my friend's house. We get into the car, but just before we get in, my mum's like, oh, is that friend still dating that other friend? And I was kind of like, oh yeah like why like just because she there's no reason for her to really be interested in it she's like oh no reason no reason and I was like okay weird but anyway got into the car she drove me to this friend's house we were just chatting normally on the way and just as we're about to like turn off she's like Katie I'm I'm really worried about you and I feel like there's something that you're not telling me. You know when somebody says that and you're kind of like, is there? And so yeah, I was like, you immediately like, am I a criminal? What yeah. have I done? And I was kind of searching my mind and I was like, I don't think so. No? And then we turned onto my friend's street. So we're literally like 30 seconds away from parking outside and she's like, okay. And then she says because I was just really worried that maybe you were secretly gay and in love with the friend that I'm dropping you off with, but you can't be with her because she's with your other friend. Oh my God. And I was like, uh, um, okay. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm not in love with that friend, first of all. And I guess, and like, I'd, I'd never used a word to describe myself before because I was in this very fluid discovery yeah. stage, but... I think it was sort of the first time I used the word bisexual because I was like, I guess this is the easiest to tell her so I was just like I guess I'm bisexual and she was like oh well you've never said and I was kind of like (laughs) well I mean I've not used the word bisexual or pansexual but I mean I do have distinct memories of telling you that you know my attraction to people is not defined by their gender and I'm attracted to both men and women and she was like hmm I guess and I was like also we're going to a gay club tonight and I only ever exclusively go to gay clubs like the clues were all there how did she not crack that code it's just straight people are sometimes so thick um, and they just really presume and I, yeah I think it's funny with her because she a lot of the time we'll have a conversation where we don't use labels and I think we really see eye to eye but something about having the word or the descriptor can sometimes spin her out a little bit which I think a few people have and I think in an odd way it's something that I did have because that's why I wasn't using the words and the labels I don't think you should have to use them and I think sometimes when I am using the words or coming out to people it's more to do with making it easier for somebody else to understand rather than because I'm like this is the word that I really like
The first time I came out to my mum was in a car as well. Oh, but what happened? Someone I knew at school had kind of outed me to her mum, who was friends with my mum. And my mum was like, I've heard that, we'll call her Jane, has been, is um, dating a girl. And I was like, oh yeah. And she was like, oh, apparently they're like going around school holding hands and kissing. And I was like, oh. And then she was like, I've heard that you're Jane's girlfriend. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And she was like, and then she was like, but, but I always thought there was a weird tension between you every time she comes around. Now I'd be like, yes, sexual tension. (laughs) She was just really worried about like my reputation Mm. and about, she was like, these labels can follow you for the rest of your life. And what if that means you'll never get married and never get a husband? And she, yeah, just kept going on and on. And I just turned to her and I went, Mum, when are you going to grow up and realise that I'm bisexual? Iconic. Mum, grow up. <laughs> grow up. Just grow up. And that was that, really. And then she was like, do you snog with tongues? And I was like, yeah. We finger each other. <laughs> And then she was like, do you do other stuff? And I was like, I'm not discussing this with you, mum. Which that means yes. <laughs> Which means yes, I do finger her. I have, quote, been fingered. Like, I've had an experience as well with a family member who I'd come out to who was basically fine with it, but did not want me to tell certain other family members. So, um, mm. my uh, it was my granddad didn't really know. And at that point... I was in like a polyamorous queer relationship and my girlfriend within that was coming to visit. And I think he just sort of understood it as like, oh, it's just a friend coming to stay. But actually I did just tell him, like I I didn't feel like he was gonna really have a problem with it. And I was right, um, he was completely fine with it. I don't think he fully understood, but I think that's more because he didn't see both of them at once, but he understood the, yeah. the kind of gay element of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, he... Something gay is happening here. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, that's fun. You know, like in the way, like when straight yeah. people don't quite know what to do, but it's quite sweet when they're just kind of, oh, that's, that's brilliant. That's fantastic. And it's like, thanks. <laughs> um, thanks. And he like wrote her name in my Christmas card that year and stuff. But when I told the family member who was like upset about it, um, they were just kind of like, oh, that was really unfair on him. It was this sort of impression but of like- But he was fine. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, actually, you know, it was fine. And um, they were kind of like, oh, but was it really? I'm sure it was to do with their own stuff, but it, it was- I You I do, do get those a... sorts of reactions. It's bizarre. I have a theory about that family member that they may also be part of the team, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that family member has specifically (laughs) said to me when we've discussed gender that they feel like their gender is something that they would put on for a Friday night but take off for work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we asked on our socials, when did you first come out to someone? And we actually gave it as like a multi-choice for like the time of life. It was almost an even split. Most people came out to somebody for the first time when they were a teenager. But then very close second was coming out as an adult. I feel like I come out more as an adult because I'm more at peace with who I am now. Mm. Whereas as a teenager, it was like more of a 
salacious secret something about being queer felt very sexual as a teenager whereas now as it feels like there's so many other elements to it that are part of me that aren't just like boobs grazing boobs i know what you mean actually i think as i got older and when i went to uni i really started resonating with the word queer not just in terms of sexuality but i guess politically and it's kind of about not fitting into a specific way of being and going against conventions and not just going against them for the sake of them but you know questioning things and not taking things for granted or assuming things and I think that translates into yeah sexy stuff (laughs) but also translates into the way that I live my life and the way I make theatre and do all kinds of things and interact with people and I think yeah I became a lot more aware of queer identity is a lot more like you say than just who you're fucking (laughs) yeah there's so much more to it Like, I feel more queer than I've ever felt, but I'm in a relationship with a man. And a sign that he's probably a good un. (laughs) Yeah, he's a very good egg. He's a very good egg. You were in a long-term relationship with a man. Now you're in what will hopefully be a long-term relationship with a man as well. Do you find that you do still come out to people? I mean, in some ways, maybe you kind of have to come out to people more in the more traditional, like, I'm queer, because people don't just pick up on it. I think sometimes I feel like I come out like every day because everyone thinks I'm straight. Which is so wild looking at you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think the girls are the gays. They look at me and they're like, us, one of us. When we met, I was like, queer. Yeah, a lot of the time, like, especially in workspaces and like my family think I'm straight. I don't have the energy to correct them. I think I told my sister-in-law when I was single again that I was speaking to women as well as men. And she was like, oh, okay, is that still a thing? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, fair enough. Good for you. But yeah, as I have predominantly in my adult life dated men, everyone just presumes I'm straight, apart from the colourful hair, piercings and constant wearing of Lucy and Yaks. And I found in my previous long-term relationship that when I first got together with him, I didn't really identify myself that much as bisexual because I felt a lot of shame around it. We'd go out to clubs and, like, he would really enjoy it when I made out with my friends, but so would I, so I was just, like, free pass. (laughs) Yeah, as the relationship moved forward, I was obviously very in love with him, but I was quite open with him then that, yes, I am still bi and I still like women. And I think he just saw it as a bit of a joke, like used to make a joke to his friends all the time, like, oh, yeah, big old leather and all this stuff. But to be fair, like, when his friends would talk about women in, like, a derogatory sense, I'd be like, well, I've gone down on more girls than you have, so what does that really say? (laughs) Which was my favourite line. But to him, it was just a joke. And after we split, we were, like, meeting up for coffee, and we were on pretty good terms at first. And I told him that I was talking to people online. He said, are you talking to men and women, or just men? And I said, oh, I'm talking to women as well. And he was still quite shocked. And I was with that man for almost 10 years and I don't think he actually fully knew who I was. I um, have a friend who, who her ex was horrible in many ways and it was one of those situations where we didn't really find out how horrible until after the split during their relationship she'd come to realize that she was bi i think they had like a period where they were broken up for a few months and she Mm. sort of realized this and when they got back together she told him and said like yeah i've had this realization 
and I just you know wanted to let you know sort of thing it doesn't you know I want to be with you but yeah um that's the situation and yeah his instant response was no like you're wrong and he said like is it that you fancy these women or is it that you just like really want to be like them like you just really like you know the way they look because you want to look like that and she was like I mean the bi struggle do I fancy her or do I just want to be her but she was like no that's not it and then he said oh well if that's true like you can't have Katie for example to come and sleep over anymore he was quite possessive but yeah and she she was just kind of like oh okay I guess you're right I'm not attracted to women then because she was like I don't want to stop seeing all of my friends friends. I mean, I think that links in very well to how threatened my ex was of you. Oh, yeah. I forget. I forget about that. Yeah. <laughs> he would always make little jokes about us going on dates and like, oh, you spend so much time with Katie and like, are you going to leave me for Katie? And, and I think when you moved in after he moved out, I think a lot of people thought that we were going to be a couple then. I mean, we did. We fun. have called each other wives and we probably sent some signals. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's not all that bad, you know. But, um, yeah, he was so threatened by you. And I think because you were so openly queer, mm. and I think I was starting to then... Because I didn't have any friends that weren't straight. Everyone was straight, and then I met you, and I was like, oh, and there's all these queer spaces, and I can really resonate with it, even if I'm in a relationship with a man. And that really, I think, just threw him through a loop. Yeah, He would never talk about it or admit it, of course. There's so many different responses, I think, to that in a relationship. Like, um, one of my friends, her boyfriend, kind of, while they were together. So she is bi, and he had always thought that he was straight. But he then realised that he was bi in quite an amusing way. So I will tell the story. It was lockdown. Basically, in my lockdown experience, it was my third year of uni, and we were in a big six-person house. And so because we obviously couldn't go out to clubs or do any of the normal things that you do in your final year of uni, we'd do all of these themed events. And one of the things was that we were like, we're gonna do a club night, but in our house, where like, we'll pre upstairs, and then the club will be the living room. It sounds fucking miserable now, but that was the highlight of my life. (laughs) Honestly, if I could have done that in COVID, I would have done. And this girl who I was living with, her boyfriend was coming to visit. That was allowed at that point. I can't remember which point of the lockdowns yeah. it was. But yeah, he was coming to visit and we got it into our heads that he was going to be the bouncer. I can't remember why, but we were all like set on him being the bouncer. We were like, yeah, he's going to do it. He's going to be the one to check our IDs at the door or whatever it was. He came, we set everything up. We all got absolutely trashed. It got to the point where we left pre's and like the living room was all set up and we were like, great, he's here. He can be the bouncer. But then we we kind of didn't know what to do because obviously he's not a bouncer and yeah. people were like what do what do bouncers normally do and I was like well they check people's IDs but I don't want to get my ID and I was like usually there's an entrance fee and people were like what should the entrance fee be and I was like the entrance fee is a single kiss and in my mind I thought everybody would just like give him a chaste kiss but of course we yeah. were a horny queer house who'd been in lockdown for however many weeks so everyone full on like made out with him regardless of gender or anything else and like halfway through the night he started going up to people being like I think I'm bisexual <laughs> And we were all like six. <laughs> I think we were pretty much all like some variation of queer. It was very wholesome. It was also very funny because at the beginning of that uni year, 
he'd come to visit us. We'd been sitting outside and I put on the song Gay Bar by the Electric Six. We were all sat around these like pallets we had in the garden and it was playing on a speaker. And he was like, oh, I really like this song. And he was like, yeah, when I was like nine or 10, I used to listen to this song on repeat and dance around the living room. There was this silence. And then one of my friends just said, hmm, sounds like something a faggot would do. So it really laid the groundwork for the fact that 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 boy was not straight. Anyway, following that, it was a really nice, wholesome thing where his girlfriend was very like, I want you to be able to explore this. And it kind of led to them opening up their relationship, which, yeah, I think can be something that people sort of end up doing. But then some people, you know, it's more just, you know, that you're queer or you're bi or whatever. And that's kind of enough. But you kind of want to be accepted by your partner. I think like there's such a stark difference with my partner now. I remember when he got you your roses. That was so cute. So he... I think we've been to see Lizzo, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> and I was really hungover, and he'd come over to comfort me, and he turned up and he was like, I've got something for you, and I came out to the car, and he'd bought me roses, and they were in, like, rainbow colours, and then he was like, I didn't think they were queer enough, so I got you an actual rainbow rose to go in the middle, and it was such a, like validating moment like no one I'd been in a relationship or no one ever had really done anything Mm. like that for me I'll never forget it and I think that was the moment I was like yeah I think I love him what do you think is like the right way to respond when somebody comes out to you or or the way that you like to be responded to I think a lot of the time I get oh yeah I knew because they're like look at you (laughs) is that nice do you like that I quite like that because it's like, oh, I'm presenting who I am to the world, but that's normally like fellow queers. Or when people just don't, like, it'll be in conversation, I'll be like, well, you know, I date women and I'm bi and I think da da da, or I was with this one woman and da da. And when people don't be like, oh, you're gay, mm. like, when it's just part of the conversation, I prefer that. I don't need a medal. I think it's one of the things I find as well when I come out to people. Like, if I want somebody who doesn't know to know that I'm queer or poly or whatever it is, I prefer to find a way where I don't have to be like, sit down, I have something to tell you. Because, like, people don't have to come out when they're straight. No, exactly. No one, one, like, jumps up and down when you're like, I have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. I think there have been a few times either people have sort of not forced me in like an intense way, but say that conversation with my mum in a way that made Mm. me come out in a way that I probably wouldn't have naturally done. I also had an experience at my old work where we were talking about clubbing. Uh, Somebody was like, oh, I remember clubbing when I was young. Where is there to club? in this city these days like is this place still here and is this place still here and I was like oh yeah this place is here this place is closed but mostly I go to the gay club and somebody sat opposite me was like the gay club why would you go to a gay club and I was like oh well because the music's better and it's bigger and I am also bisexual I guess and then it led to this whole conversation that I did not want to be part of where people were like oh but isn't bisexual just a stop on the way to gay and all of this stuff yeah I was like oh god but yeah in general I try to bring it up casually in some way by being like oh yes my partner and my other partner at the time and then if people want to ask it's kind of on them 
Yeah, I think when you told me, you just said like, oh, my partner and their partner or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And then when I knew you a bit more, I was like, so are you polyamorous? Mm-hmm. And you were like, yeah. And then you explained a bit more and I was like, oh, cool. That's as well my ideal reaction from someone is either there's not a reason for them to particularly acknowledge it or... I don't mind when people do ask questions if it's, like, with good intent, if you know what I mean. Mm. The questions that those people at my work asked did not feel nice. It felt like it came out of a place of invalidating what I just told them about my identity. Whereas if it's from a place of, oh, so, like, who are you? Do you know what I mean? Because that's essentially what it is. It's kind of like, oh, tell me more about that. I'd like to understand you. That I love. I love curious questions. When people say to me, oh but aren't you with a man? I go, yeah, yeah, but, like, do you have interest in dating women? And, like, Mm -hmm. I'm in a monogamous relationship, but when I've been single, I have looked at dating women or I have dated women in the past. That's fine. Just don't ask me if it's, like, real that women scissor. I've had that before. Yeah, I've had, when I've introduced a partner who had just come out as trans i've had inappropriate questions about their genitals before which yeah. i've sort of said i don't think that's um, any of your business no that's a weird thing to ask someone <laughs> i think something which i'm finding harder recently in terms of coming out and sort of slipping it in casually to things is with trying out new pronouns there are some you know ways that you can put that in like it's in my email signature there's that but i'm I don't know, I find it harder because it's quite hard to indicate that without wearing a badge or you can't really casually do it. I guess actually as well, thinking about it, because I've put my pronouns into my signature at work and I suppose it's really something that has been helped a lot by like other people at work. My manager, who is queer but is cis, as far as I know, has been really good at like using the they pronoun because I'm using they, she. And that's actually made a difference because then like uh, one of the higher up managers kind of caught onto it and I think that helps. But obviously you can't that often refer to yourself by your own pronouns as a way to like put it in casually. But if you have an ally who's helping that actually probably has made a difference i find at my workplace now is that we use slack a lot and everyone has their pronouns on slack that makes it really easy because you can just hover over someone's name and then when you're addressing them in general conversation you know that they have other pronouns and it's just an easy way for someone being able to say it without having to like say it in a similar way to email signatures but slack is a lot more casual I've known a few people who've come out and then like the reaction from the person they're coming out to is like, well, why did you feel the need to come out to me? As though, oh, you shouldn't have made it such a big deal. I'll I'll give you the example. I think that'll probably make it easier. So my friend's brother, my friend is queer. I don't think she's explicitly come out to her family. Her younger brother came out to the family because he started dating a guy. And the way that he did it was that he left in the morning and left like a letter. It was quite casual, but he was just kind of like, oh yeah, just so you know, I'm whatever and I'm dating whoever. Just didn't want to make a big deal out of it. Okay, see you tonight for dinner kind of thing. And their mum was like so angry and so like, why has he felt the need to do this? Like, did he think that 
I was gonna be really homophobic, like you all think I'm really homophobic. It shouldn't be that big a deal, of course I'm accepting. <laughs> and basically just made it really about like her, I guess like value signaling, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> um, I've known that with people when they're like, why wouldn't I accept you? Why did you feel the need to say it? But it's so or... frustrating because there's no winning. Because on the one hand you have that of like, well, why do you need to come out? Why do you have to make a big deal out of it? You know, it doesn't matter. And on the other hand, you have like, well, you never told me. How was I meant to know? I think with a lot of stuff around queerness and queer identities and, you know, what words to use and so on, I, I think a lot of people, when they react badly, it comes from this place of not wanting to feel like they're wrong or that they've been bad, which I do understand. And I think we've all felt that sort of inner like, oh God, I've done something wrong and I'm a bad person for misgendering somebody or whatever you know it's it's like when you misgender someone and I think there's this impulse to be like oh my god I'm so sorry like I didn't mean to and actually more often than not yeah more often than not it's like oh my bad I'll try and do better and similarly I think what I was saying before about I like when people ask me questions I think I prefer when people are like interested and willing to get things a bit wrong in the sake of like Mm. getting to know what's right versus I don't know, like, I remember I came out to my dad, um, so it was when I got into the throuple. One week we spoke on Zoom or something and I was like, oh, I have a girlfriend. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Didn't really mention anything about the queerness. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, I just need to do it. Like, I just need to get it all out. So then the next week I was like, I also have a boyfriend. And there was like this really long pause and I was kind of like, I know it's, you know, a bit different. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I don't have, you know, it's your life. It's don't have a problem with it. And very well meaning, but it was really noticeable that with my older brother and sister, as soon as they had any hint of a partner, he was, it would be like a big topic of conversation. He'd be really invested in it. Whereas he never asked me any questions about them ever, which I don't think came from a place of him being against polyamory. I think it was just, he was so scared of saying something wrong. But it's a shame because it, I guess, reduces that connection that you can have. No, I found that a lot. Like, when I was with my ex, who was a woman, like, my family didn't ask anything about them at all. Like, we were just friends and they were there, they were at the house a lot, but that was it. My mum's partner is, they've got some issues with it, with our people but then when my mum called them out once for being very homophobic because I at the time had a girlfriend they were like well you never told me and it's like well that's irrelevant yeah you shouldn't and also (laughs) I'm not very likely to tell you if the only indication I've gotten so far is that you are homophobic homophobic yeah and why would I then in that workplace that I was in I think that was a big part of why I didn't come out or because at that point I had a girlfriend. So it would have been quite easy for me to just drop in casually, but I actually didn't because a few weeks like before we made things official, there was like a rumor going round that the operations manager was gay and everybody was talking about it in this really horrid way that was simultaneously homophobic, biphobic, everything. And yeah, it's that thing of like, well, if you've been chatting shit when you thought that I was one of the straights, like I don't want you to just then be pretending because you feel awkward now. The next question that we asked was, what do you think is hardest about coming out? We gave it as a multi-choice question. The answers are fear of personal rejection, for example, from a close friend or family member, internal acceptance, so kind of accepting your own identity, 
societal expectations or it's complicated. What do you think? I put internal acceptance when I answered it. Where I was coming from with that is that I think that's probably what's caused me the most, like, struggle is me putting too much pressure on being like, what am I? Am I really this? Am I really that? Labels. I mean, yeah, most recently being like, am I really okay to be using different pronouns? Like, do I really feel how I should be feeling in order to do that? Which, if it was anybody else, I would never say that you needed to know that. And I think it's obviously a sign of the society that we live in that you even have to worry about that. You know, if it wasn't stigmatised against, people wouldn't be worried about appropriating, like, the terms and things. They wouldn't be worried about experimenting with it for a bit and trying it out and seeing what works and what doesn't. So I think that was what I put. I think, to be fair, I've been quite lucky in that I have a lot of queer friends. I've I've had a lot of spaces where I've been able to go to and come out to without being worried. Or if it's not been a totally positive reaction, it's... I've never been scared that I wouldn't have somewhere to live or that I'd be stigmatised or ousted from a friendship group because of my identity in that way. There's definitely been times where I've come out to somebody and I felt something shift in some way. There's a bit in my play about coming about queer spaces and the importance of queer spaces where it's kind of talking about how there's sort of a difference between being out where you're not comfortable even if you're technically you know that you're safe but you can't quite like breathe properly yeah versus when you're kind of out and comfortable and you feel like oh like I can breathe and there's a lot of kind of theory out there about queer utopias and what we kind of aim for and what we imagine some of it was talking about the word for like aspiration which is like dreaming and seeing futures is grounded in the word aspirate which means to breathe during the AIDS crisis and stuff that was a big part of people's arguments for and against finding a cure and so on was kind of like but gay people don't have any futures because they can't have children and blah 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 and being able to actually like imagine those futures kind of helps you breathe and I think when I'm around other queer people and I've come out to them or they've come out to me it feels like a really wholesome nice experience but I've been quite lucky in that even with you know the people who haven't been okay that I've come out to they've not I don't know I've never I, I think what I'm trying to say is You've I've never, never felt unsafe. I've never felt like I was going to be hate crimed is what I think I'm trying yeah. to say. <laughs> what was most common was fear of personal rejection. That was the most popular answer. What would yours have been? Um I'd probably say like societal stuff, especially like with bioerasure and mm. with dating predominantly men. I think for me it's a lot of when you're bi people want to know who you're in bed with if i came out to a partner's family there would be questions about how faithful i am mm-hmm. to my partner my morality and stuff like that mm-hmm. i think with like my brothers or my mum because they see me in a certain way having children, getting married, which is not always associated with being queer. Because my oldest brother knew that I had a girlfriend because his now wife told him. And I think he really struggled with it because his friends would mock him about it. And we've never talked about it ever. Yeah, they would take the piss out of him and stuff like that. So I think that's the things that I've 
really worried about with it. But the same as you, never felt like I was going to be hate crimed. I mean, it is uh, terrible that that's the bar. <laughs> yeah, um, I had some stuff at school, like when I was openly dating my ex, where we'd have like stupid boys throw stuff at us sometimes, mm. or. So yeah, just societal stuff, I think. and The societal stuff underpins everything else. And actually, I think sometimes I do that thing, which I know a lot of people do, of kind of underplaying certain things that you just get used to. Because you just mm. saying that just then about like, oh, you know, I had some boys throw things at me, but it wasn't that bad or whatever. I was like, oh, actually... Thinking about it, my first partner, who is genderqueer but was quite femme-presenting at the time, I always felt nervous about holding their hand in public and things mm. like that that you just don't really think about. And actually thinking about that properly, that probably was because there is this implicit fear of some form of violence or... Yeah, even with my ex, there were some spaces where we wouldn't hold hands and we wouldn't if we were in like little villages and stuff like that we wouldn't kiss or mm. most of the time we were quite open but there were points where we'd be like doesn't really feel safe to be out here and it does just require more energy to navigate and because you know it, it feels like every time you do something that with a straight couple or like a straight presenting couple would seem fine and normal in a public space where it doesn't feel safe it's like you're coming out again and again and it's decision yeah, to do constant. that each time. If you could give one piece of advice about coming out, what would it be? I would say just do it in as casual a way as you can. I think doing a big announcement puts more pressure on the people you're coming out to, more pressure on yourself and just kind of adds to this narrative that it is a big deal when it should just be no different to you dating a man as dating a woman or dating anyone. You're just like, oh, I started dating so-and-so. And I'd be like, oh, great. I think what I would probably say kind of off the back of that is don't feel like you owe coming out to anybody because it takes energy ultimately sometimes it can feel like maybe you're less queer or whatever it is that you're coming out as because you haven't because you're not out to everybody and actually that's not true and yeah you don't owe it to anybody i just wanted to point out um something interesting that has come up through this episode which was at the beginning you said you were worried that you didn't have as much to say and actually i feel like in some ways you had more to say than i did yeah, that's kind of mad, actually. I think it's maybe partly because you haven't been in so many queer spaces just because of the different ways that we grew up. Coming out, even if you weren't, like, conceptualising it as coming out to yourself was almost, like, more of a necessity because of the people you were surrounded by. When I really think about it, I think I've actually had to come out so many times mm. as we've been talking, but it's made me a bit sad. Like, I'm very happy with the place I'm at now. I think sometimes it's quite hard to reflect on your identity and on coming out without it just being, like, you sitting alone in your room being like, oh, I'm queer. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice having someone else to like bounce off of. And for it to be a bit, I guess, productive, not in a horrible capitalist way, but yeah. just you're not swimming in it kind of thing. But yeah, I would say to our salutes, like, if you can find a friend or a supportive space of some type, there are in various cities there and towns and things, there are more queer groups and things than you might expect there's also a lot available mm. online find those queer spaces because yeah they're really valuable even if it's not like revolutionary sometimes just having somewhere you can go where you don't have to come out to be seen can yeah be really meaningful my gold star moment this week 
has been that I've had the January blues, like, big time, but I've just kind of been okay with it. And normally I would put loads of pressure on myself to pull myself out of it or, like, really dwell on what it's about or... But but I've just lent into it, let myself feel it, taken a lot of naps. We've had a really slow weekend this year in general. It's like I'm motivated to do a lot more than I did last year with my business and things. But I'm really kind of stepping into that gently and cautiously. So, yeah, I think just going with the seasons and when things are sleepy, being sleepy and, yeah, not beating myself up for it. What's your gold star moment? This week I've been struggling a bit with, like, food in terms of just getting the energy to cook or think about what meals I want. And it means I've been, like, ordering food more than I should or just living off of snacks but knowing that that's not making my body feel very good. I basically booked an online grocery shop which arrived today and made a list of, like, really easy meals. A mixture of, like, ready meals and then just the tortellini pasta you can just, like, boil for five minutes. And, And that's made me feel a lot better because it's, like, not overwhelming but also I feel like I am giving myself some good energy from the food yeah. thank you so much for listening to that episode of salute era we hope that you enjoyed it if you would like to support us please follow us on our socials that's at slut era pod on everything please follow us on tiktok um that's where <laughs> the money is <laughs> the money is on the top please also leave us five stars and just tell people about the podcast if you're enjoying it and the next episode that we're doing will be on flirting <laughs> flirting the thing that we are not very good at i don't know i think you're quite good at it i think you just were saying that to be kind to me (laughs) okay the thing that katie's not very good at (laughs) yeah um so really next episode is going to be just a little how-to guide for me (laughs) yeah (laughs) please we're gonna teach katie the ways Uh, And just so you all know, we will now be doing monthly episodes, so you can expect a new episode the third Thursday of every month. We're going to be doing an eight-episode season, so two more episodes, including the one on flirting. Then we'll have a little break, and we'll be back for season two. But for now, goodbye, stay slutty. And we'll see you soon. Slut era is coming soon To a bad bitch near you